three, two, one. Let's go! <laughs> We're talking about copper. We're talking about the demand of copper, nice. the lack of supply of copper. The real problem that we see is the pinch in the amount of time that here we are doing the PB podcast. And basically you have copper right around you that's struggling to get developed in the United States. Not to talk about politics, but just the reality of how challenging it is right now. Wow. That the way the politics are planetarily, you can go to Africa, you can go to Australia, you can definitely go to Asia, and you're finding it difficult to develop. Talk about South America. We have so much going on where there's nationalizations, there are privatizations. There's definitely a push on the private side to try to make things happen. But the governments are saying, what about us? We want to do it. They see the high price of copper and they don't realize that that's not margin because all the costs are going up too. So margins aren't really going up that much. All the cost is going up so hard on material right now. John, Mark, let's get started the PBE podcast. Thank you for stopping by. First of all, seeing Stan, getting the opportunity to catch up. We got a show coming out with your daughter on the economy of the world. We talked about the economy of what this COVID thing has done in the sense of the physical world versus the digital world, how business is going to move forward. I think you're even going to enjoy that one. She's awesome. You've done a great job raising someone who's really paying attention to the physical world and understanding the tools that we have in the digital world. It's not a digital world. Everything's based on the physical world and our understanding of that. And you've clearly taught her some great stuff. So that's awesome. And again, thanks for joining us. PV Podcast. Great to be on the PV Podcast and great to have my daughter here. She loved it. She came out of here glowing. (laughs) You know, she gets to be with you, Troy. She says, that's fun, Dad. (laughs) When's the next one? (laughs) We could do a digital follow-up for sure. As she's she's saying she's thinking master's, go to uh, some some other school, maybe along the West Coast somewhere, master's degree, a little bit more on the behavior of economics and all that stuff. Fascinating. Fascinating what she's she's got going on for sure. All right. So you're passing through, you're traveling the West United States with your daughter, you're passing through, and we now get a chance to kind of get behind your eyes and your vision of the copper industry right now. Everyone sees the price, as you mentioned, and it's like, oh, I got a copper play that's that's economic at that price. But no one is thinking, in my opinion, as you said, it's not margin. That is not margin. That doesn't represent that your margins of profit are increasing with Mm -hmm. all that. There's all this other thing. Please doctor us up on what's happening in the copper industry in America, what's happening in South America, around the world. Let's dive into this. No, it's really not. You know, what's happening in America, you know, is we have copper projects we like to develop, but not in my backyard. Difficult to permit. Takes a long time. Secondly, the infrastructure that we have to do. What are we going to do? How are we going to do that? All the water, all the other uses of land makes it difficult. On top of that, we have some changes in the politics now. Different president, new administration, new departments forming, really a different perspective. Instead of maybe developing it here, maybe we'll get it from someone else's backyard, not in my backyard. So let's look at what are some of those other people's backyard. Let's go south. Yeah. Let's go to Mexico. Let's go to Latin America. Those guys are saying, you know what? The government wants a bigger chunk. The government says, we need you to actually pay more to the local people. We want you to spend a lot more time and work I'm putting these together. 
No complaints. It's just the reality. So if you're going to do that and going to ask for all of that investment, all that work is going to make it that much longer and harder. Elon Musk is making it happen. We're definitely going with Tesla. We're going electric. We're going for the green economy. But I don't know where the green money is that's going to pay for it because it's really tough. And wow. green is the copper metal too. And, you know, we're talking about everything is going green and environmental yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, it's really difficult to see the everything takes copper, all the electronics. That's right. What do you think, Stan? No, you're right. I mean, uh, copper is going to be huge in all these e-cars. So the futuristic uh, demand of copper is, is, in your opinion, kind of universally accepted as it's there and it's going to be there for a while, the demand. But how to supply, how to get it out of the rock, how to get the rock, right? You got to use the Magma Kim models to find the right rock uh, and you find it, but now you got to mine it. Now you got you to do all those things, to actually get it to the process and to the point where it's actually going into the chips and some you know, Google office in Silicon Valley or whatever it is, where they're building these things and putting all these electronics and technology together. That's a huge disconnect. I think there's, there's no one diagram in my mind that takes me through that process and all the significant points along the way. Do you have any, anything to say on that? The significant points of literally taking the copper out of the ground and putting it into the electronics. No, there isn't a graphic that shows it, you know, because it's, it is a quite a complex thing, but fundamentally from getting it out of the ground and all those steps and exploration is time. And it takes a long time yeah. and all of this stuff. And yet we're talking that by 2025 or 2030 or even 2050, we're going to have all of this or that, or yeah. these different directions. Things aren't moving that fast. I mean, forget about COVID. I mean, that wasn't a speed up solution. That was a slowing everything That's down. Right. We can't even get computer chips now for cars. So you've got to buy That's a right. car. You can't do it. So, I mean, the supply chain, there's all kinds of pent up supply chain demand just on vehicles and stuff. So we are wow. so far from being able to supply for copper. If we're going to get copper, all the wiring we have to do, yeah, all the energy we need to do, all the communication systems we're talking about. I mean, you're talking about my daughter, you know, my daughter, she's great. She's plugging into things, looking electricity. They never wonder about where is it coming from? How's it going to get there? And everything we're doing. And no, everyone wants a special electric car. Right. So, yeah. So the demand is there and I definitely see it's global. I see that we don't want foul air. We definitely want clean air. We definitely want to do these things. Who doesn't want that? That sure. makes total sense. And copper is a very good, element very helpful for these different conditions yeah. but for us to get it out of the ground takes a long time it's you know the economics of getting out the capital that's required is just going up and up and up well the regulatory environment's gone way through the roof it has the that's, amount of that's probably added more time to this process than anything else. wow and time is money wow and time is opportunity and time is fatigue investor yeah. fatigue wow. and the corporations that are trying to do it because it's taking more time, become more and more diluted. So the investors are not getting a return. Oh my gosh. If they're not getting a return, then they themselves are not going to put the money in. That's right. So, you know, would you? so you know, thing we do is, is Riverside is we work on jurisdictions where we can do it, work on projects we can do it, and we're wow. de-risking the projects. So that's great. And that really works. And that is a solution. But it's very difficult to see how to, at a global scale, be able to get that going to supply what the overall demand is. I mean, we're a small company, we're doing our part, but this is a global thing. Wow.
Wow. It's interesting that what my experience through one social studies class was government and U.S. government was really designed as kind of this checks and balance, make sure nothing moves forward too quickly with a lot of change. It's, a, it's, it's gradual change. And that's how it was designed, at least from the what I remember from my mm. social studies class. So what they can do, I think, on the regulatory side is design ways to make it a lot more efficient to build the infrastructure needed to mine and get the rock out of the ground and get it to facility a lot better. If we can get some subsidies there in America that creates a heck of a lot of jobs, use all the modern technology you can dream of from Google or IB, whoever, get it all there. You can film it all. You can put cameras on everybody. You can put mics on everybody. It's cheap. This ability to do what we're doing right here is very, very cheap, very inexpensive, but it's incredibly powerful when you're watching that. You're watching a recording of the physical world. That's incredibly powerful. So if that process is predictable, the engineers can sit down and write down every action item and, and a possible response, bad or good, walk us through the whole thing. Now you can film the whole thing. We need that investment from the government. It doesn't matter how fast or slow it goes, but to get better in building the infrastructure of any country's ability to create natural resources and actually make a product that gives them wealth as a country, seems like that's a great place to start focusing some of our time and attention. How can they help? We get it. It's slow. We're not trying to make you go faster, but you need to help us. You know, this is crazy. We're putting ourselves in this big hole and now all of a sudden there's going to be this massive demand. We can't even get cars made with the screens we need because we can't get the materials out of the ground. That's drastically impacting the economy. Well, you can't get the wind generators built either. They use huge amounts of copper. There's got to be a way to, to, to make that connection much more efficient. Yeah, I think, you know, we, we are making it with inspiring state of Nevada, inspiring certain regions of this country that do support mining is good. I think that overall, the infrastructure that's needed in the United States is vast. So I'm not looking for subsidies. I'm just saying, look, it needs to be done and we need to yeah. do it. And so we need to produce it. So we need to, you know, we can produce it and do it. Or otherwise we get more debt and in rivers and we become more and more debt. We really just got to keep going and not right. create that debt ourselves. And so the United States has you know, been a world leader, continues to have that great potential to be a world leader. And we can do it from our resources and working outside of our country, but create jobs everywhere we go. But the real thing is that globally, the demand is going so quickly. It's growing so fast. Prices are going to go much higher in the metal itself. And the governments are going to expect and think that people are making a high margin. Yeah. But you're not seeing the mines coming online. You can't do it that fast. The corporations are just trying to get going again. And we were at such a long downturn from 2011 all the way through the time of COVID to the end of 2019, we really saw a downwards trend in all the exploration investment, wow. mining investment. So we have a decade to make up where we hydrated wow. the mines. Wow. As we what? hydrated mines globally to be able to make things work and stay in business because the margins were so tight. We have not done the exploration. We've not done the development, haven't done the drilling. We're two or three years, four years behind in catching up on stripping to get back to an economic level of being able to mine the projects Whoa. at a really good scale. So you need to really operate at that level. Before you can talk about building new mines, you just have to get your existing operations going. And that's a lot wow. of material. Wow. A lot of moving. Yeah. That just opened my mind up completely to something I didn't 
really think about before. Well, so how do you make a resource exploration company attractive to an investor? Yeah, I think the first off is technology. You embrace technology. I think secondly is knowledge that use MagmaChem. Use this really cool ideas like MagmaChem to be able to show them that you can have a much lower risk by picking the right type of projects, the filtering for the very best, most fertile areas. Working with the major companies, we work with BHP, the world's largest mining company. We're partnered with them. They're using their filters, selecting the targets, they, their technology, their science as well. That's some of the key things. So the second thing is guys on the ground. You have guys on the ground locally working, creating jobs, having the relationships, working wow. with private ranch owners, working with communities. I think the fourth thing you really do is working closely with the government to say, look, we're going to do what we say. We go through that. We deliver. We do the reclamation. We have that relationship. So they don't have risk either. So if they don't have risk either, then we're really ready to go. So I think those are four ways that investors can see that makes sense. Yeah. My investment is taken care of. People are involved. Making a you know, serious impact. Yeah. I would add one more. Please. Uh, you can leverage your exploration dollars for the investor at, at the point of discovery where you can probably 10x what they put into it uh, by selling it to the major operators. That's totally true. The value of a discovery is immense. So the that's, that's the big leverage. It totally is. And the, the definition of a discovery is what? Putting enough holes in there to establish a preliminary grade and ton resource, it's economic. In a mining operation. Yeah. This would be for a discovery. So the first part before you can build a mine is you have to find it and find it. What is it? A grade, a tonnage, a volume. Some economics around that gotcha. is what it is. It, that discovery, then through the permitting process, can become a mine. Wow. Last thing before we go, as we're running out of time with John Mark, unfortunately, but we still get lunch, <laughs> which I'll take. Um, I was going to say, do you think it, it would be pretty cool to put our heads together and, and through the podcast, actually evaluate the geology of Troy Ranch and talk about that fractionation and talk about how it's how the deposit is actually putting itself together? Do you think you'd be up to publicly do that? Oh, sure. No, I think it's a really interesting region. I mean, the Troy mine, that's 100 years ago. Yeah. The Globe Miami District, the Resolution, the Ray. Ray. I mean, you're in a really rich mineralized zone, More and that's exciting. Copper Triangle. And working with Magma Cam and working with you, Stan, and with Troy and the team is a gift. It's awesome. And you guys have such great ideas. And you put the hook, line, and sinker all together. <laughs> I think it's a great place that you can make a great podcast. You can make a great discovery. It's right a really on. great, in the future, investment for people that they can be part of this story and part of doing that. And really excited by the geological potential there. And, you know, the best place, place to find discovery is in the shadow of the head frame, as they say. And we're right in the shadows of the head frame. So I think it's a great project. Yeah. Right on, John. Right on. Thank you for joining. Thank you for taking the time, doing a quick run up on for the PBE podcast on copper, on exploration as being a geoscientist, a successful one. You, your, your product of, of your kids shows who you are, how people speak about you, shows who you are. I'm honored to know you. I'm honored to share this time with you, John Mark. Great to be on the show. Real honor. And thank you guys for having me here. It's really neat.